And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. We sit here together today uh, on a sad day. It is very sad, yes. Um, we debated not doing a show, but thought that in the end, um, it was probably good just to, to kind of get it all out in the open and talk about it. That's kind of one of the hallmarks of our podcast. Um, I'm DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And from time to time, we are joined in the rotating guest chair, uh, by GQ. And you've heard him, you know, off and on for the past couple of weeks. Uh, and you heard that GQ was going to have a little surgery. And um, we have the unfortunate task of telling you that he was on his way to surgery uh, last, I think, Thursday it was. Um, sorry. Uh, and he was hit by a bus. <laughs> I knew I was going to crack. Uh, yeah, he was hit by That's, a bus. Um, that is not the way that I heard it, DC. What, what um, are you talking about? What? I thought he was hit by a bus on the way to surgery. What was the story you heard? Well, his last day of work, window washing, was Wednesday, obviously, because he had to take Thursday off to go in for the surgery. Um, I heard that, you know, that, 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 that. Uh, platform that you know you 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 pull up then down and you move up and down those skyscrapers the scaffolding kind of thing yeah yeah the scaffolding i heard that that gave way <laughs> and that he fell to his death oh and then he was hit by the bus yes okay. so technically he died from the impact coming off the building yes but then his corpse his freshly dead corpse was then hit by a bus Accurate. Yes. It, t- it took a little while for like the dental records to come in because when you fall from that great height and then you are hit with mass transit, um, you know, it's, it's a little while. But yes, uh, this I'm going to I'm going to crack open a cold one here in honor of um, our dear friend who will no longer grace the third chair uh, unless a miracle happens. Uh, GQ. We, we love you. Pour one out. No, but it's so tasty. Okay, drink it. You can, you can right. drink it in his honor. I'm letting the fizz die down. Uh, I got, now that we've gotten the somber stuff out of the way, let's just completely move on to new topics. Um, for my anniversary last Thursday, probably I opened it probably as he was getting hit by the bus. Um, uh, my wife got me one of those soda streams. Oh, yes. Because I, I am kind of taken with this lime seltzer sort of thing. So she got me a soda stream and I've been playing around with it and it comes in, I don't have one here. It comes with like a, you know, a big bottle and it's like a, gives you the line for a quart and you can put as much fizz as can, you can handle. And so I had over the first two or three days, probably drank five quarts of very uh, carbonated water and then it felt like my lower intestines were trying to escape through my navel. What did you think was going to happen? I didn't think, obviously. Um, so this is the first can 
of the lime seltzer, just because it's literally close, it's close to the recording space, um, that I've had since then. So I'm kind of letting the fizzing die down before I take that sip because that was not pleasant. You know, how long had, did it last? Um, a couple of days, like badly to the point where at one point I was kind of shivering because I just I like hadn't eaten in a while. And I was a little dehydrated just because it hurt so bad. Um, I want you to know that your pain brings me great joy. I I know. Okay. All I right. Um, but yes. So so I'm feeling a little. I'm feeling better now. Um, but but yeah, that was you know. So I, I tried to use the Soda Stream again today and was so nervous that I barely put any fizz in it at all. And a, a like a a barely carbonated water is not pleasant out of curiosity i know that the whole point well i don't know about the point but soda stream tend to inject not just the carbonation but also flavor are you just having carbonated water it comes, with little, no, it comes water? with little drops so it came with like a little bottle it almost looks like a little bottle of like limoncello um like a nip sort of sized and it's yeah. lemon drops and then i ordered some lime drops or i think actually technically my wife ordered some lime drops for me so I have lemon lops, lemon drops and lime drops, and then you pour some of that into the water after you carbonate it to add the flavor. Okay. Though I'm not opposed to just carbonated water. Where does one get food-grade canisters of CO2? Like, uh, I assume that's going to run out at some point, and you'll have to buy more. Home Depot is, or uh. you can go through the SodaStream website, uh, but we got all of this uh, from Home Depot. Okay. So, if let me you ask you make... a question. Yes. Is this the first time you've ever shopped at a Home Depot? No. I, I don't shop at Home Depot often, as I do not have a home, um, nor am I particularly handy, though I did fix the garbage disposal a week or two ago. Did um, you? I did. Did you unplug it? I had to. I, tu- I turned off the fuse box. I went to the fuse box. I know where the fuse box is. In our... Question for you. Yes. Does your apartment have a fuse box, or is it a breaker box? And do you know the difference? Well, of course I <laughs> don't know the difference. <laughs> there is a gray box yeah. in the closet. It has switches. Each switch, there's a, there's a key that tells you which switch goes to which part of the, of the house or the apartment. So I can you control your neighbor's electricity from your panel? No. Some places are set up like that. No. We we are only in charge of our apartment. But yes, it was it was obviously the the mechanism inside was jammed somehow or it was too full, clogged. So I turned off the power, I pressed the reset button, that didn't fix it. So I got myself a little Allen wrench. And you go in there and you kind of give it some good turns. And then that, that was really all I needed to do. But Did still, you have to purchase an Allen wrench for that purpose? No. Uh, my wife's car has a variation of an Allen wrench to move the roof rack. So I had to take the Allen wrench, but I couldn't get enough torque. So then I had to take a pair of pliers to hold one end of the Allen wrench. You to own then turn pliers? It. I have pliers. I didn't have to go buy those either. I, we have we have three hammers, a couple of screwdrivers, uh, a cordless drill. I do not know where the charger is to the cordless drill. I have to find that at some useful, point. Useful, useful. Um, so how much, I guess, the question I have for you now is, 
how soon before you get into, I don't know, some sort of hobby that requires power tools? I've been watching a lot of Adam Savage's One Day Builds on his YouTube channel. Uh-huh. And and I definitely, you know, between having to take this table apart to move it to reorganize, I'm definitely feeling like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't want a bandsaw or anything like that. But, you know, I definitely kind of looked at, you know, maybe there is some sort of beginner's toolkit that would give me like I don't have I don't know that I have needle nose pliers. That seems like something yeah. one should have. Uh, speak, speaking of a bandsaw, <laughs> I heard that, you know, after. Uh, he got hit by the bus. Um, you know, I heard that GQ's body had been picked up by a deranged uh, carpenter of some sort. And as you said, eventually they had to actually use dental records to identify him because mm. this person also then used the bandsaw uh, to dismember the corpse. See, and I had heard uh, it was a wheat thresher. Oh, I had heard it wasn't a deranged carpenter so much as a crazed farmer hmm. who saw his broken body on the pavement and thought, that's you know, fertilizer. That makes sense, because since most of the body was eaten by goats, it would make sense that this would have had to have happened at a farm. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, we're kind of tracing. That's that's you know, it's it's been a while to kind of trace back the steps the last days, well, not steps, because he couldn't walk. He had been killed by the fall and the bus. But, um, you know, kind of tracing back and trying to determine, you know, what happened to his body. Um, poor GQ. Poor, poor GQ. Um, so, yeah. Pour one, I'm sorry, let us toast to his memory. Uh, clink. Clink. I have a plastic cup. <laughs> clank, clank. Uh, now, you look different. Oh, do I look uh, thinner? You do look a little thinner, but you also... The, I disagree. The, the the facial hair situation has changed. Yeah. And as that is the first thing I tend to notice whenever we, we do these You Skype immediately calls, started shaking your head at me. Well, because I assumed you had done it on purpose. Because well, you, I mean, ultimately, yes, it was on purpose, but that's only because I had a landscaping accident... Is that what you call it? Landscaping? Manscaping? No, manscaping to me implies down below. Yes, so. and we can get there if we want because you know last week was the DDT wipers. Um, did you get? Did you? Did you get a lot of hashtag on that? Not really. I think the only hashtags we got were in the bestie chat. I was very disappointed, besties, in your uh, hesitance to to blast your wiping habits out in the public portion of Twitter. I was. I thought for sure you would feel more like sharing that with the world at large, but evidently not DC evidently yeah. not. So tell me what happened. Was it a, was it an upper lip malfunction or the lower lip malfunction? Uh, upper, upper lip. Uh, basically I, I have this little device that I have used for trimming nose hairs and it had a different attachment on it that mm -hmm. you can use like for detail work. And this thing I was used to this other instrument I've been using where it was like, you know, really got to go at it for it to actually cut anything. And this thing, I just like moved my hand wrong. It was like, and I was like, oh. So how much did you lose? Was it just like right down the middle, whatever this part of your body is? No, like I was trying to, I was trying to like, you can't salvage that. Yeah. It was like a big old divot out of, yeah, it was, it was bad. It had to go. 
Now, I'm glad you brought this up because I just had, you know, a couple days ago, I did some serious self-care, you know, took a nice long shower, okay. uh, shaved, did some grooming. Is Do you have the little round thing with the, like, beard trimmer that goes up your nose so you can kind of turn yes. it? And do you I do think your, so. I do my ears with that as well. Do you do your ears? I don't have to do my ears yet. I'm very jealous because I apparently now I don't notice them, but those close to me have said <laughs> that I have uh, a good amount uh-huh. um, to the point where there was one time she would hate if I told this story, which is good. She didn't listen. Um, <laughs> we were just we were on the, the love sack and, you know, I turned like we were watching TV and she kind of turned to look at me. And she kind of noticed, and she like takes the lobe of my ear and kind of pulls down. And she literally <laughs> went. It's just, it was totally not her fault. It was just a gut reaction. She went, "Oh God." <laughs> yeah. And I went, "Do I need to get?" Because you know, I she will some sometimes get scissors and kind of get the big ones because sometimes it takes. I don't notice them, so I don't. I will nobody say ever comments that must on be, them. You know, one of those. I as I suspect with most of these things, it's something that comes. With age, certainly back when we lived together, I, I don't think at that point I needed to trim my nose hairs. Yeah. Um, but over time, that's become a thing. But, and, but my point is, back then, I don't recall you needing to trim your. No. I never noticed that. No, it's it's a it's a new it's a new thing. The nice part about the mustache, I will say, is that unless the nose hairs begin heading in weird directions, they can sometimes blend in. I've 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 been. Now, I, I don't have a lot of history here, but just from what I've been reading, I've heard that that's never a good look and you should keep it um, separated. How much reading do you do on this subject? Well, when you consider how little facial hair I've been able to grow for my entire life, you have to remember, this isn't like something that I've been doing for a long time and like I have yeah. years I'm not of saying experience. With, I've done some reading. I'm not saying I should go full Lorax and just let the no- the hair spread out of my nose and just begin to part it. <laughs> I think it. you should. <laughs> That's the greatest visual I think I've thought of. Oh, my God. You kind of look like the Lorax. Thank you. I, and I do mean that in a good way. Yeah, I, I, I don't take it as an insult. Oh, man. I speak for the trees. I speak you for do. the trees. For the trees have no tongue. So I'm saying to you at the top of my lungs. But yes, yes. So yeah, I I don't know if any of the besties can relate. There, some of the besties are younger. Jeremy might, Jeremy might understand. Glenn, tell us all about the hair growing from places you wish that it didn't. I remember, I think it was City Slickers. Okay, he starts talking about. He's like in the bedroom with his wife, and he starts talking about like the hair that's growing. Like he's losing hair here, but he's getting that, and he's getting like thick ones on his back that make him, you know, he's starting to says he looks like the fly or something like that. Now being a naturally hairy person, I don't, I haven't noticed that either, but. Hmm. That's a movie that I have not thought about in a long time. It's good. I enjoy the original city slickers, city slickers Two, the legend or the search for Curly's Curly's gold. gold. Yeah. Which was it? Was it search or the legend or was it just Curly's gold? It might be legend. Legend sounds more accurate, but. That had, I liked that movie too. It wasn't good, but I watched that one a lot more than the original. When I, was I watched the up. original more, I once wanted a cow named Norman. 
Like I was like, if if I had a cow, Norman would John is a perfect it. name. Oh yes, 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 yes. I don't know that I've actually ever seen the second one start to finish. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but yeah, is Bruno Kirby dead? He might be. I'm gonna say probably, but I really have no idea. I think he is. I think yeah. he is. He was in a whole lot of things in the '80s, early '90s. If you look up Bruno Kirby, uh, all right. Well, we've proceeded to get all over the place, and we were supposed to be honoring the legend, the legacy, the life of GQ. Joining Bruno Kirby in the great beyond. Um, yeah. Did you watch any wrestling in his memory? Have you been, been up to date on the, on the graps, if you will? Um, no. No. I, I got a bit, I, I, after the whole speaking out thing... And, like, all the corona stuff, like, I saw a headline just in my Apple News, my news app, where basically the, the headline was Vince McMahon doesn't think corona, the coronavirus is a big deal or, or something. Washington Post or, or someone, I forget who the article was. And just all these things sort of confluencing together. I think I'm done with wrestling. Okay. I think I'm done. Like, completely done? Maybe. Because we've had this conversation on these airwaves before, and you've said we, we've, we've done the think you're done, and then you come back for a little bit, and then sometimes you get into it for a little while, and then sometimes you don't. Yeah, the but... difference is this time, I think, you know, I've fallen out of love with wrestling before because usually it goes through phases where I don't find it very entertaining. Sure. And I think that that is partly the case right now, but also... And I, admittedly, we've always known this to a degree, right? But right now, I think it's just very hard to reckon with the idea that this business is anything other than rotten to its very core. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think you – people are like, you know, I can't believe Vince did this or, or even AEW. I can't believe AEW is doing – I'm like, what have you been watching? Yeah. Like, in the 90s, now granted, this is a totally different thing. Like, Vince McMahon fought and beat a steroid trial and then came out and bragged about it on national television. Like, we have all of the concussions and the people suing for the traumatic brain injuries and all of that, like, yeah. you know. Yeah, it, this has been, there are, there are moments, you know, all of John Cena's Make-A-Wish stuff is lovely. Any of the Roman Reigns positive things with the cancer research and everything is lovely. Whether or not, you you know, somebody was talking about, well, look at all the work they did with the Susan Komen Foundation. And I'm like, that foundation's not very good either, if I well, remember Susan correctly. Susan Komen has some serious uh, issues. Yeah. You know, I'm... And I'm not saying that the WWE or wrestling in general is alone in this no. sort of thing. But it... You have to accept, if you're going to be a wrestling fan, you have to accept that, you know, yes, they are going to, tr they, they feel because of their contracts and because of their commitment to stockholders or for whatever reason, that they have to continue to put out a product. And so they are going to put the risk of these independent contractors. We could have just stopped, started and stopped right there. These are independent contractors who are not unionized, do not get health insurance, often have to pay for their own travel. You know, are they well compensated? Yes, to an extent. 
but you know they are not necessarily treated great by their employer. I will and, say, and, and haven't been for as long as I can remember. I mean, I do think that the WWE has done well by its performers in that there seem to be a large number of relatively popular superstars who are not participating in the product right now. Yes. And have not been let go from their contracts, which actually I think speaks, it's one of the positive things I think that you can point to that speaks to the nature of their contracts being independent contractors. Um, They feel the environment is unsafe and they're making that decision. And I think it's probably within their bounds to make that decision. If they were full employees, I don't know that they could make those decisions. Um, So in some ways, I guess there's a silver lining to all that right now, I I, I guess. Yeah. You know, and again, I... I am a WWE defender. I don't necessarily feel great about it at times. Um, <clears throat> but I, I keep coming back to this whole, you know, the USA Network and the Fox Network is expecting as original content. And, you know, WWE is doing its best with these double contract signings. And they were able to show the Boneyard match last Friday on SmackDown because it was yeah. the first time it had ever been aired on TV. And to be but, clear, I don't necessarily – I don't begrudge the COVID thing on WWE necessarily. Um, in some ways, if you're going to work with a small group of talent and you're able to lock those people down in terms of their social interactions, I think you could continue to produce television in a relatively safe manner. Not to say that they have been or have been doing that the way that I would recommend – but sure. I do, I do think that it's possible to continue producing this product in a safe manner, despite what's going on in the world in terms of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so I don't necessarily begrudge them that, but just everything. Just like I think I saw like a tweet. Listen, this is AEW even like Cody Rhodes saying Sammy Guerrero is gonna come back a better man or something. Sure. I'm just like really. Cody, like, you're going to put your neck out for a guy with that? Like, I, just just shut up. Just let him fade into the background into obscurity. He's not a big name. He'll never be a big name. He, like, I don't – he extended himself for some reason in making that comment. And that just – that rubbed me the wrong way. That really yeah. rubbed me the wrong way. <clears throat> well, and that's it. Like, I'm like, look, if, he, if you're done with WWE because they're dirty – However, they said wanted. However, you want to define. And again, that. I, I and I just want to point out, it's not just the WWE. I think professional wrestling on a whole is rotten to its core. WWE, yeah. AEW, the independents, the UK scene, whatever you want to talk about, they're all. There's a mindset amongst the people participating in this industry, by and large. I'm not going to say everybody, but there's a culture there that really seems rotten. I, that was it. I'm like, don't call them alternatives. If you want to say I'm only watching New Japan because they seem to have a better way of doing things, I'm like, fine. That's a perfectly fine argument. As far as I know, New Japan took all the time off. They're going to start bringing fans in later this month. The The way they train wrestlers seems okay. I doubt that, you know, the, the whole dojo system is not for everybody, but 
I haven't seen or heard any major complaints. So, but again, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a screwy, it's a screwy business to begin with. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot not to like about it. I saw something that was, you know, was talking about Vince McMahon's worth and he's worth almost $2 billion. But last year around this time, he was worth about $3 billion. Hmm. And so he, whether it's through the XFL or WWE or however else, when you have that amount of money, you gain and lose it. Uh, he has supposedly lost about a billion dollars in the last 12 months. And I was just, just baffled by that. Like, I can't I would fast- guess that's mostly related to the XFL. I would think so. But I, I think it's just like, I can't fathom a billion dollars. Like, if you're a billionaire, why do you do anything? Like, there's a certain amount of money, then it happens for everybody has a price where I would just be like, I'm never working again. Well, that's I'm... the key, right? Vince McMahon isn't working. I think he genuinely loves it. Like, it's I think life. you're right. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's, I'm just saying, I'm like, again, baffled. And I suppose if you have $2 billion, maybe you don't care that you used to have $3 billion because $2 billion is still more money than you're ever going to spend. When you're 70, however old Vince McMahon is. So, but anyway, so you think you're done? Yeah, for now. <laughs> so should we, should we uh, refrain from the wrestling conversation? Not that there's been a ton. Um, I don't think we need to talk about the upcoming Fighter Fest. I don't think we need to talk about the fact that Renee Young has COVID um, or any of that sort of stuff. It, it's, again, it's this weird... You know, the big show showed up. He was a, a major part of Raw this week, and I think that's either Edge is injured, so they need somebody for Randy Orton. What? Or... Edge is injured? Yes. He tore his tricep during the greatest wrestling match ever, needs surgery, and is out for a few months. Cool. Now, to be fair, now, to be fair, silver lining, ideally, when he gets back, there will be a crowd, because Vince McMahon is desperate to be one of the first people to go back. Like, so they're going to find whether it's Florida or Texas or God help me, Saudi Arabia. We haven't even talked about that whole thing. When we're talking about the dirtiness of W of wrestling, he wants a arena full of people. And if half, you know, half of them get sick and a third of them die, he's okay with that. He sure so. is. <sighs> Have you been out uh, a bit here and there? Yeah. Have you gone into a store? Yeah, I've been into a Home Depot. I've been into a Trader Joe's. How was that? It was fine uh, up until checking out, and then the line was ridiculous. But Was everyone masked? Everyone was masked, although I, the thing I have noticed is that most people like to leave their nose hanging out. Like they forgot to you know, zip up their pants and their dick is just sort of flopped out. Yeah. They all look like I, a bunch of idiots. Dick noses, I call them. I was getting gas. Can so I ju- just be clear? People who listen to this show, if you're going to wear a mask, wear a mask. You're having your nose hanging out does nothing. And don't tell me, Doc, ah, oh, I'm not breathing through my nose. Fuck you. <laughs> you, have, you have no idea how anatomy works. Because if you did, you would know that positive pressure is how you draw air into your lungs. Basically, your diaphragm contracts. It creates a larger volume in your thoracic cavity, and air is simply drawn in, okay? Even if you think you're not breathing through your nose, air is going through your nose. It's just the way it works. 
Put yeah. your fucking mask on. I'm sorry. You were saying gas station? I was pumping gas. And there's a big sign. Like, I can read it on the door to the convenience store from my car. And it says, masks must be worn at all times. And the door opens, and a woman in her... Actually, age doesn't matter. A woman comes out with absolutely no mask. And not even like she's holding it. Like, obviously, she took it out as she walked out. Like she, And I'm like, if you're going to post the sign... Stop the person and tell them to go get a mask. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I get it. If I was earning minimum wage and if I was – I'm not saying that everybody earning minimum wage is a teenager. But in this scenario, I'm a teen, you know, working my first job. I'm not going to say shit to anybody because you see the way it is online. You see the way that people post – telling somebody to put a mask on is how you get shot in modern-day America. And it's ridiculous that that's true, but frankly, it's not worth it, right? It's just not worth it. I suppose that is true. that's where we are in this country. You don't want someone freaking out and having, you know. Did you see the thing about, I don't know, like these two people and they're, I don't know if they're lawyers or something. One of them's got an AK-47 and the other one's got a pistol and her finger's on the trigger and they're standing at the edge of their yard watching the protesters walk by. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And I understand. I understand. That this has to be, for my sanity, it has to be a microcosm of, like, it has to be a very small part of the people. And that of the 350 million people that live in the United States, at least 349 million of them are doing the right thing and not freaking out. Do you think my numbers are wrong? Yeah. Yeah, your numbers are wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, what is it? Um, Because, I mean, Donald Trump won the election in 2016. You know what I'm saying? But but but, not everyone. I will say the number of people who vote in this country is already a microcosm. Yes. uh, And not everyone who voted for Trump is going to be toting guns around. Some people voted like I have family members who voted for Trump because they thought he was going to you know, be good for the economy. And that was all they cared about during the election. Yep. Turned out great, right? Some of them would still say yes. Uh-huh. Uh, I have to ask you this question. If we weren't, if we hadn't already gotten onto politics, uh, there was a bit of a kerfuffle in the bestie chat. Was there? Uh, there was. You gotta be, I know you're working. I know you have a job and you yeah, have things to I do. do. <laughs> <laughs> I sometimes forget that. Uh-huh. Because we're both home and I'm like, like, so, like, I, like, texted you, I think it was, like, one forty-five, and around 3 o'clock, I'm like, this bastard, why won't he text me? What else is he doing? And in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, he's working. <laughs> yeah. I should probably, you know. I was in a meeting uh, for both work. of those texts. But, yeah. yeah. Um, do you think that Joe Biden is as bad no. as Donald Trump? Uh-uh. No. Uh-uh. Okay. That's really it. We don't have to go into specifics. We don't have to talk about who said what to whom and who was defend. You know, I will say in the past, I think I I think that in the past, I may have believed that all politicians were essentially the same and that none of them were necessarily looking to do the right thing. They were just self-serving. And I don't necessarily think that that's different now, um, in a lot of ways, you can look at what the Biden campaign is doing 
and everything they're doing is self-serving in that it's going to help get Joe Biden elected. Um, But, I mean, we're talking about a president who has made something like, this is, if I think this number is near accurate, something like 20,000 certifiable false statements in three and a half years. There has never been another politician like Donald Trump. Yeah. Period. You could could look at any one of the things that have, that, you know, retweeting a, a video that says white power, that should, in a logical that should society, end your political career. that should be a deal breaker. Whether or not you are complicit in the fact that Russia has put essentially a bounty on American soldiers, uh, and the argument that I recently heard is, well, he, you know, yes, it was in the briefing book, but he doesn't read the briefing books. That was the justification from someone in the administration. He doesn't pay attention to the briefing books. That alone should be like, well, then we need to put somebody in there who's going to pay attention to the briefing. That's kind of what the job is. Yeah. And so, again, I'm not saying Joe Biden is a saint. He's not. But. But. I have a feeling that Joe Biden, if elected, is going to make decisions that keep people safe, healthy, and points our country in whatever constitutes a right, a forward direction. The, the problem is Joe Biden, doesn't matter, could be anybody. Nobody can fix America now. It's too late. Like, because of the way that Trump has acted and the way that he has shown our allies how this country can so quickly go off the rails with just a single person at the top, being put in place as happened, our allies are never going to trust us the same way again. We are never going to be players on the world stage in the same way again. Oh, no. No. The the days of the United States as world leader... It's over. ...are done. I don't know who takes our spot, but, yeah, no, we are... And, and honestly, whoever replaces this president, whether it's... Net, in this year or in four years, your job is to basically go on a worldwide apology tour and then be quiet. Unless you can, and again, even this isn't going to fix it, but unless the president, the Senate, the House all goes to the same party and they actually make the decisions that have to get made to fix the system without fixing it in a way that is self-serving towards a single party, which I have no faith in anybody actually doing, but without that, this system is broken. It has shown how broken it is. And oh, it yeah. can, I mean, just look at what they're doing with judges in this country. They're loading them with people with political bias towards being conservatives. And the judicial system is supposed to be apolitical. Like, the only, and these are lifetime appointments. Unless you go in there and say, we're just stripping every single person of their appointment, which, again, isn't legal to do. You'd have to. You'd have to amend the Constitution, or I don't even know if you could do it. Maybe what you could do is you could say, all right, well, we're just going to double the amount of judges in all of the systems, and we're going to instantly put liberal-leaning judges. But none of that actually fixes it. You know what I mean? It just makes the problem actually worse. The system's broken, and I don't think it can be fixed at this point. I think America is a failed state, honestly. I I think this proves 
at some point, and it's going to be decades from now, because this, like you said, the system's so well ingrained in place. At some point, it's going to be all right. Let's start from scratch. Let's let's accept the fact that a constitution that was written in seventeen whatever, you know, let's let's start from scratch. How do we want the police system to work? How do we want the judicial system to work? How do we want the political system to work? How do we want the financial system to work? Do I think we need to go to socialism? No. But clearly, there is too much incentive to make as much money as you can and to heck with the consequences, Vince McMahon. So, you know, at some point, we need to do something about that. How do I emigrate to the European Union? I think you could move. I, I I feel like it's an insurmountable task. I have no idea what would be Let's required. I have no Where idea go? how I would ever get a job. You know Where what you I mean? Where do you want to go? I, I don't care. Emigrating Finland, to... Norway, Sweden. I'll just put Europe. Emigrating to Europe. Let's see what it says. How to immigrate to Europe. We're going to trust the top search that this can't be wrong. Wanderwisdom.com. We can't live in America anymore because GQ has fallen. He's been hit by a bus into the wheat thresher. He's now been his, – his parts are now fertilizing crops. I can't trust anything anymore. I do not want to eat my friend. So how to immigrate to Europe. Tessa Schlesinger is going to show us how to do it. Uh, there are 28 countries in the European Union. Step one. Establish what country in the European Union has the easiest immigration laws for you. We'd have to figure that out. Two, apply, then live there for five years and apply for citizenship. Oh, yeah, just live there for five years. Go ahead. That's what it says. I'm sure it does. But again, how do you live Are for you five doubting years? the qualifications of wanderwisdom.com? Yes, I am. <laughs> Immigration into most countries is difficult. Virtually all countries use a point system. A sought-after university degree or a rare skill will give the future immigrant a high score. Now, you have a PhD in micro molecular cell biology or microbiology. I can never remember. Which cellular biology. Okay. You have a PhD in cellular mm -hmm. biology. I actually think that is a pretty good selling point for you. The problem is I'm not, like, a researcher anymore. I don't think the actual skills that go along with my education are that valuable to them. I I don't know about that, but let's see. You have to have something to offer the country of your choice, a skill or expertise that, again, I think you could get into the research fairly quickly. Uh, da, 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 da. Investors with more than a million dollars to invest in a business that employ locals will find immigration to Europe a lot easier. Do you have a million dollars to invest in a business? I do not. Okay. Maybe Vince McMahon could spare a million? Yeah. Maybe GQ's wife, if I ask really nicely, because, I mean, she's obviously going to be getting a big insurance payment out of this on-the-job accident that led to his demise. Uh, all right. Uh, work permits, exceptional artistic or athletic talent. Now, does podcasting this pod count? This podcast, I think, mm -hmm. has a lot to offer, like Luxembourg. Yeah. Luxembourg, pretty small country, Monaco, like the, the really small ones. It's too bad, that, you know uh, – that you know, England isn't really part of the EU anymore because we're very big in England. I I think we could get you know we could get to the UK pretty easily. All right, I'm moving on to uh, ec.europa.eu. Uh, let's see. 
let's say you wanted to move to Finland. I do. And let's see, are you an employed worker, a highly qualified worker? You're not self-employed. You're a researcher. I could say researcher, but I'll say you are a highly qualified worker. I think that. All right. Highly qualified. Look at me. We're waiting. Uh Uh-huh. This is riveting entertainment. It is. Uh, Let's see. You must obtain a residence permit. Okay. You can apply for a residence permit for specialists or for an EU blue card. You must submit your application for a residence permit to the diplomatic consulate in the country of origin. So we'd have to find the Finnish consulate, wherever that is. All right. I'm on it. Then you'd get your fingerprints, and they would take into consideration... I already have fingerprints. This is great. We'd take into consideration an evaluation of the requirements of the work on the basis of a work contract, whether your means or support are secure... Or other grounds for rejection if you are a threat to public policy. But here's that's the thing right there. You have to have a job lined up. That's basically what that sentence means. Yeah, but you could start applying for jobs, cellular biology jobs in Finland or Sweden. See, the problem is my expertise at this point is education related. And you don't think that that's going to be a selling point? I don't. That you're an educator? Because I don't, because I'm an educator from this country. Frankly, I think college education in Europe is much highly, much more highly sought after than. So then maybe we don't go for Finland. Uh-huh. Maybe we find a country that's a little lower on the educational totem pole. I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to call anybody out. Plus, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But at this point, does it really matter? Or do you just want to get the hell out of here? Yeah, pretty much. But see, if that's the thing. Called... I don't want to hear that, though. So we have to bleep that part of this podcast because I can't have this as evidence out there against me. I, I chose Finland, D.C., because if a universi- I love those if a university. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Approved. <laughs> Finland, 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 <laughs> the country where I quite want to be. <laughs> oh, I'll have to get the Finnish national anthem at some point. Um, yeah, I... I think, depending on how things go, I think there's going to be a whole lot of people. That's the other thing. If you're going to move, do it now. Yeah. Because come November, you could be one of millions who are being like, and we're out. Like, the Canada's going to need to close its borders because everybody from this half of the country is just running north as fast as possible. I would go to Canada, too, I suppose. Except I still feel like that's too close. Anyways. All right. Let us turn ourselves to the emails now that Doc has a goal in mind and he's heading to. I do actually know uh, the gentleman who cut my hair for probably 20 years between from childhood to adulthood uh, is from Finland. So I might have an in. Helps if you know somebody, I suppose. Uh, He's got a family member that I can marry or something. Unfortunately, that's not good enough anymore. Really? I I looked it up. I don't think marrying into it. Plus, Mrs. Manson might have to say something about that. Although, again, you could find a country where polygamy is okay. Or we could get divorced, and then I could do that, and then I could divorce that person once I've got my citizenship, and then I could marry her. her Yeah, I mean, it's a long game, right? Or you both... Yeah! you, You both get married. There you go. Get there, and then... All right, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. Uh, three emails today from three of the besties. Glenn, the women's revolution. Hey, guys. 
as a result of my drafting an all-women promotion, gives me the question for you to ponder on and discuss this week. Which lady from the Attitude or Ruthless Aggression eras would you say was the biggest influence on the business that has led to where we are today? Thanks, as always. Stay healthy, everyone. Uh, Glenn. Before we get to Glenn's question, um, again, you have not been paying attention to the Bestie Draft because you are a very busy person, and I understand and respect that. No, you uh, don't. I do. You understand it. I do, I do. don't respect it. I do respect yeah, it. Yeah, right. I, I think you should do less work uh, and answer your phone. But I understand why that's Did you call possible. me? No, but I oh, answer you a couple times. Okay, right, gotcha. Um, we're doing the draft. I understand. I was suppo- Supposedly, I was supposed to add you to the list, and then I didn't. You said that you were going to. We are doing the all-time draft now, which I think would be more interesting to you anyways because – Drafting people from the past year. You haven't been watching as much from the past year. Now I'm giving you the chance to draft Hulk Hogan. You can draft the Ultimate Warrior. I think the last you, draft I did was an all-time draft. You can do the Ugandan. You could draft the Ugandan giant Kamala if you so wished. Papa Shango is on the table. Uh, and if it sweetens the pot at all, and this, this is a risk because this could sweeten the pot. Or this could cause you to just run away and never want to speak of drafts again. I just convinced the artist formerly known as Liam Stryker to take part in the snake draft. We're doing two different drafts. We're doing a snake draft and an auction draft. So if you wanted, you could be in the same draft pool as Eddie McCabe, a.k.a. Liam Stryker, and the rivalry could continue. Just wanted to throw it out there. Last I heard, Liam Stryker was retired. So as far as I'm concerned, I already won that rivalry. Okay. Either way, Liam or no Liam, would you be interested in taking part in the all-time draft? Oh, no. No, thank you. Just had to ask. Appreciate that. I appreciate Mrs. that. Manson, Mrs. Manson said she wanted to be a voyeur. Some of the besties, if you go back and scroll through the many, 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 but do you ever do that? Sometimes, you ever try to yeah. go back and read what's been happening? People have there's a there's a little bit of a movement going to try to get you to be part of the draft. But if you say no, I again, I understand and respect that because I understand and respect you. You are too busy trying to get to Finland to take part in our silly little draft. All right. Uh, Glenn's question, which lady from the attitude or ruthless aggression eras would you say was the biggest influence on the business that has led to where we are today? I think the answer is probably Trish Stratus, but it's. Lita's probably an acceptable answer, too. Why Trish Stratus? Um, mostly because I feel like she was one of the very first women that they put any sort of hype into, specifically as a wrestler. Um, and don't get me wrong, there was more to her than just the wrestling. There was a lot of theatrics and some of that stuff. Didn't age very well, you know, and, and so on and so forth. But... Uh, I, I think that she was one of the first that I could point to as being an all-around entertainer at that level, where I could see she, in some ways, is you know the prototype for a Charlotte Flair or something like that. I think. Okay. I think. Okay. That's I. I understand and respect it. No, I understand that Trish Stratus is not as good a wrestler as the wrestlers that we have today. But no, but she got. Considering how bad she yeah. was at the start, it is incredibly impressive that she 
Right. It, but like I would point to, to her over somebody like Sonny. And I think Sonny probably is too yeah. early. That's yes. before Attitude Era. Oh, goodness, yes. You know what I mean? But I'm actually going with someone much later than this. Okay. I'm going to say Beth Phoenix. Okay. And again, I don't know if Beth Phoenix would even qualify as the Ruthless Aggression Era or... I'll give it to you. She's... I'll give it to you. And I would say that because Beth Phoenix... And you could actually go with Natalia for this as well. Um, those were one of some of the first people that were not hugely featured as like, there were no, as far as I remember, bikini photo shoots. There was none of that sort of stuff going, or not as much of that sort of stuff going on. I think it was still happening, but there were definitely some talents who typically were not participating in that kind of stuff. Yeah. Beth Phoenix to me is the first person who was like, I am a supreme athlete. And that carries over in my wrestling. So when I see Charlotte, I see a direct connection to Beth Phoenix, but I could probably also see a direct connection to Trish Stratus as well. So I don't think, I, I think both of them are perfectly valid answers. Um, I'm not going to say Sable. No. Uh-uh. Our, our next email comes from Che and the, I think this is for Doc. So I will read this one and it is science. Hey, gents. Quick question for Doc this week. What is the best science experiment you've ever conducted? The one, hmm. Um, I would say the one that qualifies probably as the best science. Um, I had a, uh, a reviewer comment on the research that they thought it was brilliantly eloquent in its simplicity. Um, it was an experiment in which we took two flu viruses that had we created through um, reverse genetic technique. So we created these basically from scratch and reconstituted them as, into virus particles. And one of them was very good at suppressing the innate immune response, whereas the other one um, was very good at um, inducing the innate immune response. And what, we took these two and we mixed them together in different proportions to show that we could reproduce certain sort of graphs that were in the literature, um, R equal 1, R equal 2 style curves. I know that doesn't mean anything to you, but um, basically these are curves that show a certain pattern where, say, the induction of the immune response gets higher up to a point, and then after that point you add more virus and it starts coming back down. Um, and you could sort of model that behavior based off of a distribution that's called the Poisson distribution. Not important. But anyways, um, I basically I took this one virus that was basically pure inducer, another one that was pure suppressor, mixed them together in different proportions and showed that you could recreate basically any style graph that you wanted um, if you had the proper proportions here, sort of proving that it was subpopulation of, of particles that were responsible for this type of behavior um, in live viruses, or at least in live flu viruses. And the whole purpose there was um, we found that specific viruses that gave very specific types of curves in, in this dose-dependent sort of thing um, tended to make better candidates for live vaccines. Um, so it was actually sort of useful in that manner as well to show that it wasn't just a random property of the virus, but it was a property that potentially could be controlled in some way. So I think that was probably the best science experiment I've ever done. I wrote a paper about it. 
Um, I came up with a novel formulation of the Poisson distribution that came up with that showed how you could calculate out the probabilities based off the different types of subpopulations. Um, pretty cool mathematical model, and uh, yeah, that got published. So that was probably um, that's probably the best science experiment I've ever done. I made a volcano when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> let me go way, way, way back to the beginning of what you said. Shoot, you created. A flu virus from scratch? Essentially, yeah. How does one create a flu virus? Um, you take, you take, um, this is kind of complicated, but, so you can take bacteria or insect cells, whatever you want, because both of those types of cells you can, you can put in pieces of genetic material that will replicate. Um, typically you call them plasmids when you put them into a bacteria and anyways, you can put, basically, you can engineer a sequence of nucleic acid onto this vector, this plasmid, that you can then put into the organism, and it will produce, you can make it so it will produce that, right? So with a virus, all you have to do is you can synthetically create these plasmids, which basically encode for the virus genes. You can put them into a cell, and it's like the cell is getting infected by a virus and replicating the virus. Because once you start making the virus proteins and nucleic acids, the viral, um, the virus basically just takes over and starts making itself. So then you can recover that from there. Um, and so the whole point here is you can very, very, very specifically with great precision um, create a virus of a very specific um, genetic composition. In case any of you didn't know. Doc Manson is smarter than you. <laughs> uh, so what I'm hearing is, yeah, if we went to the farm and we con collected enough samples of the soil from around the wheat thresher, could you grow a new GQ to replace or could you bring him back to life? Could we have a zombified GQ sitting in our guest host chair uh, next week? What I'm hearing is that you think that GQ is some sort of virus, which isn't, I'm just saying, which isn't, which isn't I'm just, if it's not a wrong create, interpretation. If you can create a virus, if you were talking about plasmids and vectors and synthesizing and all these other words, I don't understand. It's been a long I time also since I've thought about any of this as well. So I also presume that you can resurrect the dead. Uh, yes. Yes. I am. Science Christ. is just witchcraft. So, all right. Correct. So, all is not lost. Our friend who fell out a window, hit by a bus, put in a wheat thresher, fertilizing the crops. So, as as somebody who knows all about making viruses in a lab, by the way, I, I just because this is a very common sort of conspiracy theory. You know, the Wuhan virus. How there's a yeah. virology lab. As, as Sasha Baron Cohen sang about it, the Wuhan flu. Right. There's because there and the, the coincidental thing that leads to the conspiracy theory is there's a virology lab right there in Wuhan, where sure. they think that this thing was created. Um, sure. Again, to the best abilities of our best experts, by looking at the genome of this virus, there is no evidence that supports that. Just to be clear. But could there be? Could you have created, or, or someone with less moral fiber than you, could someone create a virus in a lab that would be detrimental to humans. Sure, absolutely. 
Okay. But I'm sure there we've would done be, that before. If you did that, you would expect to see certain markers when you examined the virus. There would be signs, clues that tell you this is man-made versus a natural. Right. Okay. That's not there here. Sure. Just that doesn't matter. As long as somebody tweeted about it at two in the morning, it's there. That's all they need to eh. know. Just saying, folks. Uh, back to Che's question before we had this science lesson with uh, Doc Manson. Hope you guys are managing to find your happy and troubling times. Going to take this moment to thank you guys for the podcast, the bestie chat, and a shout out to Jeremy for the recent draft. Regards from across the pond, Che, sent from my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. Uh, I'm going to say, I don't really like Jeremy. I've never liked Jeremy. Frankly, this whole bringing him in on the Corona Cup thing has made me jealous of Jeremy in a lot of ways that I kind of want him to just die by by thinking about him badly enough. Um, but all of that said, um, yes, thank you, Jeremy. Handling the, the recent drafts, I think, uh, has been a very lovely thing for our community. I know DC has been enjoying it, being able to just participate. Yeah, it was lovely. So I guess what I'm saying is, I don't want you to die a little less today. Just don't be near Doc when he's near a wheat thresher. Um, yeah. Che, get us get us uh, visas. I don't know that I want to go to the UK. Uh, Mitchell sends our final email of the evening, DDT pre-wipe. Last week, you all asked the best food experience we've ever had. I forgot about that. And, I forgot about the pre-wipe. And Mitchell's the this only was a person per- who wrote in about it. This was a particularly tricky thing for me to answer as I'm incredibly indecisive and love all kinds of food. Even now, I don't know exactly what I'm going to pick, so perhaps I'll just rattle some off as they come to me. Oh, I love it when we ask a singular question and you (laughs) give me multiple answers. While I know it's a controversial dish, I love myself some Chicago deep dish. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. Do you Between you and me, do you think that a Chicago deep dish pizza is controversial? Yes. Really? Yes. Really? Some people, as I've never had it, uh, but I know that some people don't believe it's pizza. It is. Who a, cares? That's the controversy is whether you can't call it pizza. If you just called it Chicago deep dish, there wouldn't be any debate about it. It's the fact that you're calling it a pizza when it's not a pizza. Why is it's it not a, a pizza? They're saying it's too much. There's like, there's too much cheese. The sauce is on top. It needs. Can't, it's essentially like a cake, I think, is what people are saying. Some, it's like a savory, I don't know. There's controversy with it. Jon Stewart got in trouble with it on The Daily Show. Thus, there's controversy. Again, I've never had it. I'm sure it's delicious. All right. All right. Continue. Uh, I've been to both Lou Malnati's and Giordano's once. And out of the two, I think I prefer Giordano's. Cheesy, saucy, loaded with carbs. What better comfort food could there be? You've had Chicago Deep Dish. You've been to Chicago plenty. Yeah. I think I've had Giordano's. It was good. I think. Another that comes to mind is a restaurant from my childhood hometown called The Feed Mill. Interesting. Sounds all right. They make Cajun cuisine. And while I have yet to have the privilege of trying the original from Louisiana itself, the word throughout town is that it's one of the best emulations you can have. And that people from Louisiana have said it's the best they've ever had outside home. I just had like a major case of deja vu. Did somebody else write in about this recently? I feel like I've heard specifically that line like about some, some people from Louisiana saying this restaurant is the best you can. 
Well, Jeremy is from Louisiana, so he may have been talking about Louisiana cuisine, Bayou cuisine. Okay, continue. But you're going to, yeah. I suppose we should find a way to get Jeremy some so he can confirm or deny. Regardless, I always loved it. Cajun food does an amazing job of having that strong zing of a flavor without using so much spice that it burns your mouth out. I honestly don't know of any style of food that does it better. The rice contrasts so well and it makes it so filling. Crawfish etouffee in particular is my favorite. I think I'll close out with the German restaurant at Epcot in Disney World. What European food lacks in overt seasoning, it makes up for with deep, nuanced flavor. And German food is no different. I tried so many things as it was a buffet that I'm having trouble remembering specific items. All I remember is that I left a very happy man. What I'm learning from this is my weakness or what I would call comfort foods. While I'm sure this is just the tip of the iceberg, those are the three that came to mind and I think effectively answer the pre-wipe request. Thank you for honoring the pre-wipe request. Mitchell, did you find anything? I did not. It's deja vu. You're remembering a conversation we had on this in another universe that is layered on top of this one. And sometimes there are kind of one slips into another. It's what all that dark matter is. It's just the universe is piled on top. Quantum physicist DC Matthews, everybody. And when we pass on, we will just move into another universe and do this all again. I've had a lot of free time, Doc. All right. (laughs) Uh, I ask you, for it is that time. And I'm sure you have something prepared. What is your piece of positivity this week? It was a hard week to be positive because we lost GQ. Now I'm feeling more positive because hopefully we will get back GQ. Yeah, it seems possible. Um, But uh, my piece of positivity for this week. I can go first. DC Matthews is going to be. I guess I'll go with. A movie that I watched recently, um, a series of movies, really. The original Japanese films uh, that The Ring was based on, Ringu, Ringu. I guess was how I would pronounce it. Uh, the sequel, sure. Ra- Razin, um, which translates to The Spiral, and that was the original sequel. Um, interesting factoid the original Ringu and Raisin, Razin, Raisin, I don't know how you pronounce it, The Spiral. Ring and Spiral were released. They were filmed and released at the on the same day. Um, it was this weird sort of business proposition where they decided we're going to make this film. We're going to make the sequel, put it out at the same time because in theory, people will see the first one and immediately want to go see the second one, and we'll make a lot of money. And what happened was the first one became very very popular, as we all know. The sequel pretty much universally disliked. It sort of just became a sleeper. Nobody really uh, remembers it that well, that fondly. Um, And it was sort of cast aside. And I guess the year after that, 99, um, they released Ringu 2, which was a a sequel, I know, another sequel to the film, um, but ignoring that Spiral ever happened. It was like a new sequel. I've seen the whole sequence here. The thing that's funny about all of this, and what helps me this make sense maybe, is those movies are actually based on books. And so Ringu is a movie based on the book. Spiral was a movie based on the sequel book. But that book did not translate very well to the movie. And so Ringu 2 is a brand new sequel that's just a sequel to the movie. And it has nothing to do with the book. 
which I think is an interesting way for a series to develop. It's just sort of intriguing behind the scenes, you know? And I just, th- I just think it was, um, I was just thinking about it more. I, I haven't read the books, but I-, I read synopses of the books, you know, sort of trying to get to the bottom of this. And the thing that I thought was really weird is, I think the reason why the, the, the sequel movie, Spiral, the original sequel movie, didn't work is because of changes that were made in the movie adaptation of the first novel. Um, they made a lot of changes to the characters and things like that, and it ends up making it so the sequel movie, which actually follows the sequel book pretty closely, it makes it so that movie actually doesn't really make sense if you're only familiar with the first movie. A lot of the stuff that happens in that sequel is natural if you read the book, but not if you watched the movie. And I just think it's an interesting dichotomy. They had this foresight. They're going to produce these things alongside of each other. They had two different directors, but a lot of the same cast. And like they were going to, you know, release these two things as a, as a unit, but they didn't have the foresight to say, well, we probably shouldn't make a lot of changes to this first one and then not make any changes to the second one. I always find it weird when you have this incredibly popular book and then you make a movie and change yeah. the book. I think that's what Harry Potter did so well. As far as I can remember, not a huge amount of changes between the, thing that the book. I think I gets me about the Harry Potter series is those movies aren't actually pretty aren't that good. I mean they're they are they're fine. They're they're enjoyable, but they leave so much out that yeah. in a lot of ways I feel like the movies are cliff notes of the books. Yeah. Like there's just so much stuff that I don't think you would understand if you hadn't read the books and you were only watching the movies. Yeah. I think that's like, if you could do it again, you would almost turn Harry Potter into a series that happened to be seven seasons long. Yeah. And every episode, you know, you, you get 20 episodes to kind of get you through year one. Cause there is so much, especially in the later books, my God, especially in the later yeah, books. It's too bad. You do have to pick and choose, but we mentioned the Lorax. Now, granted, this is a picture book. You know, it's a Dr. Seuss poetry book that they turned into a 75-minute movie. You had to add some things, but they definitely change all of this stuff up, and it doesn't... doesn't serve anything. Yeah. yeah. But interesting. So you would, would you recommend... You, I think, would clearly recommend watching Ringu. I would recommend watching them all. Um, but again, I think Spiral doesn't make a ton of sense because if you only watch Ringu things, they changed stuff that makes it so that sequel almost doesn't make sense. Um, hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I liked them all though. I would recommend them all. I will say that there's a very different tone in that segment. That second one spiral is almost more of a science fiction film. Whereas the rest of the series are obviously more horror. Um, sure. Speaking of engineering viruses and things like that, there's spiral is very interesting because the whole ring curse uh, has a very scientific explanation in that movie and book, which Interesting. is not was not something that I expected going into it. But I don't think it works, but it was um, at least interesting because you don't see that kind of thing very often in uh, fiction. So Fair enough. My piece of positivity today is something that just happened a couple hours ago. Uh, I was just informed that the Great White North is welcoming – Residents of Southern New England. Oh, good. Uh, go. To travel. Yeah, let's all go together. Let's go. 
pack your bags. We're leaving on Friday. All right. Um, but yes, yes, uh, there, you know, our summer was seemed to be just kind of sitting around and yes, being safe. Um, but sitting around and, uh, now we will have the ability to travel if we so choose to avail ourselves of it. And just the notion of that secondary one, uh, I have now made homemade jam. I heard you had like 26 bottles of uh, strawberry jam where I think it's at 13. But, yeah, we got a lot of jam, and we have the stuff to make more if we so choose. We could make another round. You know who likes strawberry jam? Yes. Not me. Why not? I don't like strawberry jam. Uh, but Mrs. Manson. What's your, what's your jam of choice? Uh, grape. Raspberry? Mm, grape's good. I wonder if you can make room. But, yeah, all right. I'll, I'll have to uh, deliver a jar. Uh, what, what do you feel? I, my next challenge tomorrow, I might make bread and butter pickles. How many want a jar of those? Probably not. Bread and butter pickles. Mm. I understand. I think Mrs. Manson and I have had yeah, this. If you went with the full well. sour, I think we could be onto something here. And I promise you, start if we with... do get a delivery of strawberry jam, I will try it. Maybe it'll be the there's thing that a, converts me. There's about a cup of sugar per jar. It's not bad. <laughs> that sounds all right. <laughs> uh, what sounds all right is sitting here. I we haven't done this in a while. Just the two of us. I didn't know how we were going to make last... it through. To be honest, the last time we did it was when we did our short show, and then you know it's been. Well over a month since it was just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Just the two of us. You and I. Uh, and you know what? It felt like we hadn't missed a beat. We didn't notice GQ. Well, we noticed his absence. We kept talking about it. But I don't feel like the show was lacking because his spirit was there and in the fields. So we'll see. Doc will get into the lab and we'll see what we can do for next week's show. Anything you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to have your thoughts read on the air, send us a message at podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to our entire back catalog of episodes, some 220-something of them, by going to ddtpod.com or to your podcast repository of choice. And finally, if you like what you've heard and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash ddtwrestling to send just a little bit of financial support to DC and Doc. It helps us keep the lights on and the podcast train a-chugging. 2020 is halfway over, my friends. Certainly can't get worse, right? Famous last words. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us here on episode 229. And until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie?